I want to invite you to John, John, not John, James, James chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 18. I'm going to disappear for just a second. There's a fan down there, and I want it on. So, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And if you do not have a Bible, we have copies in our overflow areas. We have some in our vestibule here. And we would love for you to have a, pick up a copy today as our gift to you. If you are able, would you please stand in honor of the reading of this portion of Scripture. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Thank you. The title of the sermon today is Let Us Pray, and that's what we want to do right now is to bow our heads and join together and ask the Lord in prayer to help us pray. Father, we we come before you this morning and we are thankful for the opportunity to be here. We are thankful for those who are able at home to join us online. We are thankful to be able to gather around your word. We are thankful, Father, as we've discussed so much about the previous year and our expectations and hope and sigh of relief in entering a, a new year and, and, all, and all of those things, Father, that in, in all of life for us as believers, it, it really it boils down to two fundamentals in, in the life of our faith, Father, your word and, and prayer. And I, I pray that, that you would so speak to us this morning that this coming year would not only be a, a year of the word for us, but would be a year of prayer for us. <clears throat> Draw us to your scriptures, Lord, and move us to pray. If there's any lessons for us from the previous year surely it is those that as never before we we have learned afresh and and new that 
as, as people of faith, we need the Bible and we need prayer. So teach us to pray, move us to pray, encourage us to pray, help us to pray. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. I always like for us to start a new year with, with two sermons. One, one sermon to encourage us to read the Scripture, to be in the Bible, to somehow be spending time in God's Word on a regular basis throughout the year. We talk about Bible reading plans and other things, and, and I hope by now you've, you've found a, a method, you've found a devotional, you've found a Bible reading plan, you, you, you have it mapped out. Maybe you've already began. I, I start my plan in the morning, and um, we'll be reading through the Scripture and looking forward to that once again. But one sermon is to encourage us in the coming year to be people of the word. And and then another sermon to encourage us to pray, to be people of prayer, to to be on our knees, to be calling out to the Lord. And these are companion sermons because these these are companion means of grace. These are two wonderful means of grace, precious, priceless means of grace that the Lord has given us. We know the Lord works any and everywhere, but the Lord works especially through the means that he has given. And he has given us his word and he has given us prayer and These are places that we know we can meet with God, that we know we do meet with God when we come to his word and and when we come to prayer. They're twin practices of our faith. Really, where where you find one, you most surely will find the other. If not all the time, eventually, reading the Bible, if if you begin to take in what the Bible is saying, what God is speaking, what God is saying to us, you, you will be moved to pray. And praying will, will move you to read the Bible, to see what God has to say about that matter, to see what promises are there for us in this situation. When we read the Bible, we see the glories of God. We, we see the rich promises of our faith. We see the beauties of our Savior. We see the, the truth for life and eternity. And, and we want to talk to God about what we've seen about what we've read, about what we've beheld in his word. We, we want to praise him for who he is. We want to thank him for all that he has done for us in Christ. We, we want to ask him to help us believe what he has promised. Help us to stand firm in what he has declared true about those who are in him. We want to talk to him about seeking his grace for this day, seeking daily bread for this day. When we read the word, we want to pray. When we pray, we we begin to sense the inadequacy within ourselves to to even approach God, to even address our Father, to, to plead for his mercies. We don't want to come to God in prayer, the God of the universe, our Heavenly Father, and and be guided by our own will as if we are manipulating God by the things that we say or, or our own fleeting feelings as if God should line up with our desires we 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 feel our need when we come to God in prayer that that we need a sure foundation 
We need something solid and true to, to base our prayers upon, to lift our prayers to the Lord. When we speak to God, we, we want to speak to him, to declare to him things that are true about him. Things that are, are true about life and salvation. We want to pray according to his will. We want to align our hearts up with his purposes. We want to see his hand, understand his direction, seek his will. And for that, we need the Bible. The Bible is our guidance. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible informs our prayers and our prayers spring from the fountain of God's word. If we struggle to pray, if, if we often fail to pray, we need to check our Bible reading. We're probably not spending time in the Word or, or we're probably not soaking in what we are reading in the Word. If we go for days without seeking God in His Word, we need to check our time in prayer. They, these are companions. They, they go together. And for us as believers, they're, they're even more than that. They, they are our lifeline. They are how we survive. Just as much as our bodies need food and water and oxygen, we, we have to have those things. So do our souls need Scripture and prayer. We have to have those things. The Bible feeds us, and, and prayer is how our faith breathes in and out. It fills our, our lungs. The, the lungs of our souls are filled as we pray. We learn to breathe and live out the faith that we see in the Scripture. So I simply, as your, your pastor, I cannot exhort you enough to Make sure you have that plan, you have that method, you have that devotion, that you are spending time with God in his word this coming year. And I simply cannot urge us with too strong an encouragement and plead for us to make sure we're making time for prayer. Real, honest, private, quality time in prayer in 2021. Let us not spend an ounce of our energy or a moment of our day until we have spent time with God. And today's passage on prayer has always been a tremendous motivation and encouragement for me. It's one of those passages on prayer that I often think about, I often come back to, I often share with others who are asking about prayer or struggling with prayer. It's just become for me one of those go-to passages. And so I wanted us to walk through this together this morning and, and pray that the Lord would use it to enrich all of us in our prayer lives. The first thing we see in verses 13 through 14 is a call to prayer. A call to prayer. James asks, is, is anyone among you suffering? The word suffering there, is, is, the word literally means trouble. Are you having trouble? Are there troubles in your life? Do you have any troubles? Are, are you suffering in any way? 
trouble and suffering, we know they, they come frequently, they come often, and they come in many forms, relational, personal, health, mental, emotional, financial, marital, familial, spiritual. There's all kinds of ways in, in, in which we suffer, in which we encounter trouble in our lives. And James reminds us here that, that as believers, we have the greatest recourse available. As believers, we have the most assuring resource in the world. With Christ as our mediator and high priest, we have access to God. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. It's often informative of what the Bible doesn't say, right? It doesn't say, let him worry. Let, let him go to great lengths. Let him try to solve it himself. If any, anyone among you suffering, well, that's too bad. Everybody suffers. If anyone among you suffering, let him pray. We as believers have an audience with the Most High, an ear with the Almighty, a clear path to the throne of heaven because of what Christ has done for us. We have what the world does not have. Prayer. Bring it to God. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. But we not only experience suffering in this life, thanks be to God, it's not just one constant stream of suffering, but by the grace of God, we also know wonderful joys. And, and so James says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Have we any reason to be thankful today? Have we any blessings? Have we any graces? Have we known any joys in this life? If so, if so, is anyone among you cheerful? We know and, and believe that, as the Scripture says in the very same book, in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes, from, comes down from above from the Father of lights. So if you're cheerful, James says, let him sing praise. Let him sing praise. So, so if you have cause to joy today, praise God for that. It's a gift. It's a grace. It's a blessing. Sing to him who has been so good to us, who are undeserving. Sing, as we learned that new song this morning, sing of the mercies of God. If our study through the Psalms on Sunday evening has, has taught us anything, it has taught us that, that singing to God and, and praying to God are much the same thing. I was thinking about that and thinking about uh, Christmas movies that we watch. It made me think of all people, Buddy the Elf. Does anybody know Buddy the Elf? He says singing is, is just talking loud and moving your voice up and down. Well, singing praise is just praying out loud and moving your voice up and down. They are much the very same thing. 
James goes on to say, is anyone among you sick? In other words, are this particular instance that James is bringing up here is a, a dire sickness, a tremendous illness that has rendered a, a person maybe bedridden or so because he's calling for the elders to come to him. He's very sick, maybe even on the, the, the edge of death. It's a dire illness. James says, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. In other words, there are three scenarios here that James has covered. Number one, we are to pray ourselves. He's calling all believers to pray. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. But there are other times like sicknesses, illnesses, tragedies, major circumstances in our lives that, that we need others to pray for us and with us. So God has not only given us prayer, God has given us the local church. God has given us a church family. God has put us in local communities with brothers and sisters in Christ who, who live nearby, who can be there for us and come pray with us and minister to us and be with us. He, he's placed spiritual leaders in our local churches and, and they are to come to us and minister to us and, and pray when we need prayer. And by the way, I'd I don't know if you realize this or not, but, but anytime any major prayer request comes to our office or to Martin or, or to myself, we, we send that out to all of our deacons and, and staff to pray. To pray for you, to pray for those needs. To pray for those families who are grieving. To pray for those who are facing surgeries or, or illnesses. Just as the scripture says here, Now, the anointing with oil here, let, let me cover that in case it's kind of got your mind wandering. The, the anointing with oil here is a, a symbolic expression of the seriousness of the illness and the urgency to pray, to lift this to God, to seek the Lord in this matter. There's nothing magical about being anointed with oil. We need to be clear about that. The point here is not the oil. The, the main verb here is to pray. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord is expressing the sincerity, the urgency of prayer, the sincerity of those who are praying and, and the direction of their prayer, the foundation of their prayer in the name of the Lord. But the point is praying. Verse 15 makes that very clear. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. So there are many ways for us to express our sincerity and urgency. Anointing with oil is one of those. In the name of the Lord, it, it means that we are directing our prayers to God. We, we understand they are, our prayers are only effective through Christ. We, we are seeking and relying on the Lord to hear this prayer, to move. The point here is that we should always be praying. 
and these first verses, the, the, the point here is that in good times and in times of suffering and, and, and praying for one another, especially in difficult, dire circumstances, this is a, a call to be praying. And secondly, James issues then a promise of prayer in verses 15 through 16. A promise. So James not only calls us to pray, he not only calls us to pray, but then he encourages us to pray. He gives us a great reason to pray. He gives us assurance for our prayers. And often as you're reading through the Bible, as you're studying through the Bible, you'll see this often. God issues a command and then he reinforces that with a, with a, a, a declarative statement. He gives an imperative and then an indicative. He, he calls us to do something and then he issues a promise or he issues a motivation to encourage us to follow that command. That's what James is doing here. He's calling us to pray and then he's putting forth a great promise, a wonderful promise so that we will pray and not leave off praying, that we will pursue praying. You see that in the last part of verse 16. The, the final sentence of verse 16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That, that's an absolute statement. That's an indicative statement. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That's to encourage us to pray. Keep praying. Pray daily, pray often, pray for one another. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, to say that in the grassy pond southern way, we say it this way, don't we? Prayer works. Prayer works. That's what the Bible is declaring prayer is not in vain. Praying to God actually accomplishes great and mighty things that we can never achieve on our own. Things that only God can do. Things that God will do when we ask. Same book again, James chapter 4 verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not Ask. Jesus issues forth the very same promise when he says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. There are some things that God is going to do regardless. He doesn't need us. He, he's, he's sovereignly moving and orchestrating everything in creation to his glory. But there are some things that God will withhold until his people ask and seek his face. And then he will pour out his graces and mercies in, in abundant measure. But we need to ask this question, don't we? Well, who is this righteous person? If this, if this prayer has so much power, and if this prayer is working, then who is this righteous person? Because we're, we're all probably kind of thinking right here, James is talking about somebody else, not us. I don't feel too righteous this morning. 
After last year, I don't feel too righteous. After what I said yesterday, I don't feel too righteous. Who is this person that James is speaking of? We need to understand what the point that James is making, as we will see throughout the text, is is that this kind of prayer, he's not saying, now this is reserved for the spiritual giants. This is reserved for the the heroes of yesterday or the Christian celebrities of today, the the rock star Christians who sell out the arenas and have the best sellers and have a million followers on their accounts. We're talking about them, the the righteous people, them, not, not us everyday people, them. Some of us don't pray because we've believed the lie of the enemy that, that prayers from little old nobody me, they doesn't make any difference. God's not listening to me. I, I know I'm a child of God, but I don't want to bother God with my, my petty problems. James says, I beg to differ. James says... Uh, A righteous person praying has great power as it is working. And by righteous, James means someone who has been made right with God through Christ. That's what righteous means. You have been made right with God through Christ. This is justification by faith. We believe in Christ and the work that Christ has done on our behalf is applied to us. He takes our sin and they're paid for on the cross and he delivers to us his righteousness. Therefore, we are counted righteous in Christ by faith. That's who James is. In other words, every believer, every believer, if you love Christ, embrace Christ, following Christ today, this verse is for you. He's speaking about you. Me. This is amazing, is it not? If you are in Christ today, if he is your Savior and Lord, you are clothed in his righteousness, you are a righteous person. So James says, so pray. Pray because a a righteous person person the the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working now we know the great power of the prayer of the believer is not in the believer it's not coming from the believer it's from god we we see that in verse 15 right because it's the prayer of faith it's it's a prayer in the name of the Lord. It's a prayer of faith. In other words, it's, it's meaning that, that our prayer is believing in and, and clinging to the promises of God, the power of God. Prayer is not about what we can do. Prayer is not about what we can convince God to do. Prayer is about what he will do if we just pray. We just pray. And look how powerful prayer can be. Because that last verse in verse 16 was kind of summarizing what 
He just said in verses 15 and 16, that's where he's giving these kind of examples and instructions. He says in verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, I believe what's happening here in verses 15 and 16, James is purposefully using language that can be applied here in both realms, physical and spiritual. Physical illness and spiritual illness or death. You, you hear this language? It, it's, he, he says he's talking about somebody that's sick, but it sounds like he's talking about somebody that needs to be saved, right? Because he's He's talking about both. The things that we desperately need in, our, in the physical realm that only God can do. The things that we desperately need in the spiritual realm that only God can do. And, and that's why he says things like the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. You see the, the imagery there of, of the, those who Jesus would perform that miracle and they would they would rise up and take up their bed and walk home. But you also see the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead and raising him up. They, it's both the physical and the spiritual. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. They're hitting on that spiritual realm. Now note, note again, let's be clear about this. The Bible is not saying every time you're, every time you're sick, it's because you've sinned. Notice the Bible says, if he has committed sin. The point is there are things we can't do that are beyond us, that are beyond our reach, but they're never beyond the reach of God. So pray. And by the way, verse 16 is kind of a by the way. In other words, he's saying, therefore, if this is how prayer works, if this is how God moves, then, then we ought to be confessing our sins to one another. We ought to be praying for one another all the time that you may be healed. Again, physical and spiritual. That you may be healed. And one final note before we move to these last verses is the promise there is the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. What, what does that mean, as it is working? It, it means as we are praying, as God is hearing, as God is responding, as we are praying prayer does not go to work until it's prayed but when it is prayed by a righteous person that is someone who has been made right with God in Christ and it is prayed in faith that is clinging to God because only God can do and it's from confessing sin getting the heart Right with God. See what it says? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray that you may be healed. So there are things that we're learning. James is not only calling us to pray, he's teaching us about prayer. A righteous person praying by faith, that is clinging to God, confessing sin, getting our hearts right with God, in the name of the Lord, for his will, directing our prayers to him. 
it works. Prayer works. And not only works, but it works here, James says, with great power. Beyond us. That which is beyond us is actually within our grasp in prayer. That's what James is saying. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what we need to hear going into 2021. If there's something that God is teaching us, I mean, there are a lot of us sitting at home today who can't be here, and I understand that. But you look across this sanctuary and you think, maybe it's time to pray. Maybe this is the... Reason why maybe God is calling us back to himself, calling us to his word, calling us to prayer. Again, I want to say, I think I mentioned it last week, the, the answer for us is, is not just, you know, stay home and stay safe and get the vaccine as soon as possible. I, I'm not saying those are not good things. At, at times, those are wise things, won't be, won't be a good thing. But I'm saying maybe God is saying, time to pray. Time to seek. We need to see God work the impossible. We, we need to see God change impossible situations. We, we need saved loved ones. We have people in our family who are undone and apart from Christ and forever lost, miserably, eternally lost. We, we need to see God do what only God can do. And he has promised that he will move as his people pray. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. That's basically James 5, isn't it? If my people who are called by my name, righteous person, will pray and, and, and seek my face, pray, praying in faith, and, and turn from their wicked ways, confessing sin, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. The, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And then the last thing we see here in verses 17 and and 18 is an example of prayer. And this is really what makes this passage such a go-to passage for me. James not only gives us a reason to pray, he calls us to prayer, and then he gives us a reason, a promise of prayer. But then he further motivates us. He, he further moves us to pray by giving us an example. In other words, he's saying, now these are not just empty words. This is not just spiritual fluff. I'm not just making this up. Here is an example before us of how this actually works. And he says here, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, that's, he's answering that question. Who is that righteous person? It's the ordinary believer. 
Notice he didn't say Elijah, the big prophet, the main spokesman. No, he said, no, it's, it's not that that he's drawing attention to. He, he's saying Elijah, I'll, I'll, yeah, he was a spokesman for God. Yes, he was a prophet, but he was a man with a nature like ours. He was just a believer. God called him to be a prophet. God called me to be a pastor. God's called you to be an educator or, or healthcare worker or whatever it might be. God's called you where he's called you. But, but we're all just people. We're all just sinners saved by grace. We're, we're all just ordinary believers. This is a great thrust of the Reformation, the priesthood of all believers. This is James's theology. Elijah was a man just like us. He was, he was just like us. And he prayed fervently. I note the word fervently. He didn't just go through the motions, did he? He didn't just mumble some words. He didn't just go, go through something. He prayed fervently. And what does that mean? I, I think it means verse 15. Again, he's given us an example. He says in verse 15, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. What does that, what, what does that mean? What's a fervent prayer? What's a prayer of faith? It's, it's prayer that knows that nothing will change unless God moves. It's a prayer that knows the loved one will not be saved unless God saves them. It's a prayer that knows I can't change myself and I can't change others, but God is in the recreating business. It's a prayer that is standing on God's truth, clinging to God's promises, trusting in God's faithfulness. Prayer, it's a prayer that knows that really at the end of the day, in this life, prayer is all that we have. He prayed fervently and look. This righteous person made right with God. Look how the prayer of this righteous person. Look at the great power as it was working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. But it rained anyway. No. It says, and for three years... And six months, it did not rain on the earth. That's power beyond Elijah. Not from Elijah, not by Elijah, but he prayed for it. And then he prayed again. And heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. I, I, I hope those few words settle in our hearts as we enter into this new year and commit ourselves 
to pray. He, he prayed again and, and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. In other words, what James is saying to us as just believers here, we're just believers talking. We're just believers reading the word together and trying to find out, dig into it and see what it says for us. James is saying, don't believe for one second, believer, that your prayers mean nothing. Do not believe that for one second. Because the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Confessing sin, praying in faith in the name of the Lord. Put away all our doubts. Put away all our discouragements to prayer. Put away all our distractions to prayer. That's what this passage is about. Have we a loved one who does not know the Lord? Then pray. Pray fervently. Pray in faith. Have you a loved one who is caught up outside of God's will for their life? Then pray. Pray fervently. Pray in faith. Have you an immovable mountain in front of you? Jesus talked about mountain-moving prayer, didn't he? Have we darkness around us? Have we temptations within and without? Then let us pray, and let us pray fervently, and let us pray daily, and let us pray regularly, and let us pray in faith, and let us pray without ceasing. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. James says, now I'm talking about enough to stop the rain and then start it again. Dear church family, let us be sure to enter into a new year feasting on the word and flooding heaven with prayer. Let's pray. You have been listening to the sermon ministry of Will Owens, pastor of Grassy Pond Baptist Church, Gaffley, South Carolina. Be sure to visit willowens.com to hear more sermons, read blogs, and learn more about the missions branch, P67 Missions. Again, thank you for listening to Will Owens.